0: Brothers and sisters, on Monday, I posted a YouTube video on my website, workingtobeathell.org. That's a shameless plug. The video dealt with the issue of religious freedom. In the video, I spoke about the religious freedom laws that are being debated and proposed in many states, as well as the movie God's Not Dead 2. And for those who haven't seen it, don't worry, this homily will not contain any spoilers. I continue to be surprised at the responses I receive from my internet ministry on my YouTube videos, most of which are filled with hatred and vitriol and even ad hominem attacks against the church, the priesthood, and even me personally. And fortunately, I've learned not only to develop a thick skin, but I've also learned how to use the various filter functions available to me on the internet. I mention this because behind many of these attacks is not really a hatred of me as a person, but a contempt for religion, specifically Christianity, and even more specifically, Catholicism. One of the objections that I've been dealing with this week surrounds the question of the role of the Catholic faith in the public sphere. One person who commented on my video claimed that, quote, Religion in general, to this point, is selfish, cruel, and detrimental to all society. End quote. I mention this because it can be likened, albeit to a lesser degree, to the situations that the apostles faced in the first century. The first reading that we heard taken from the Acts of the Apostles takes place after the apostles had been manhandled and thrown into the public prison for teaching about Christ. After having been freed from the prison by an angel of the Lord, the apostles returned to the temple area and began preaching. Again, they were taken by the captain and court officers and brought before the Sanhedrin. And That first reading that we heard today picks up with the high priest charging the apostles, saying, quote, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, end quote. Indeed, the apostles were facing a world that was resistant to the teachings of Christ, resistant to the good news proclaimed by the early church. It's the same situation that I believe that we as Catholics face today. Many people in our society are not only resistant to hearing the truth of Christ. They wish to criminalize any public proclamation of the teachings of Christ. The movie, God's Not Dead 2, deals with this very topic. And while it's a work of fiction, it's based in reality. There are, in fact, court cases where people have been tried for bringing their faith, the teachings of the church, the teachings of Christ, into the public sphere. And to be clear, these cases are not limited to first century Roman Empire. They take place here in America. It seems more and more that Christianity is being labeled a religion that is dangerous and at best will be tolerated only in the private arena. However, it will not be permitted, much less tolerated, in the public sphere. At issue, of course, is the whole notion of religious liberty. Religion, by its very definition, is a binding worldview. Its etymology is derived from the Latin word relegare, which means to bind. It was used to describe the way in which the monks were bound by religious vows to a certain way of life. Now, if indeed religion is a binding way of life, a binding worldview, it can't, by definition, be left in the private sphere for any idea that remains in the private arena cannot, by definition, be a religion as it's not binding in the public sphere. Yet, sadly, many people in this country don't realize that fact. Instead, they believe that religion can be a private matter. And this is true even among Catholics. Many Catholics believe that Catholicism is something that they can believe privately while publicly they can set it aside and live by American secular values. The people who do this are not truly living the Catholic faith. In fact, I'd argue that they're not even living a Christian faith. Their true religion is American secularism. For it's only American secularism that declares that faith convictions are a private matter. Orthodox Christianity, along with sacred scriptures, affirm something quite different. Notice that when the apostles were charged by the high priest, they didn't say, oh, we're sorry, we should have been more sensitive, we shouldn't have mentioned this in public because it'll be disagreeable or even offensive to some people. No, not at all. The apostles didn't apologize for teaching in Jesus' name. Rather, they became quite emphatic about it going so far as to claim that they had an obligation to do so. Listen to their response again. Peter and the apostles said in reply, We must obey God rather than men. They claimed that they were not going to give in to the secular ways of the world. They were not going to stop preaching. They were going to obey God and not men. And they did so knowing that they were going to face public persecution. At the end of the passage, St. Luke informs us that they left the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing that they had been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. Friends, as Catholics, we cling to the faith of the Apostles. It's the faith that fully witnesses to the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Our bishops are their successors and we're connected to the apostles in all aspects of our faith. And this means that like the apostles, we can't make our faith a private matter. We can't obey men rather than God. Even though we may face persecution for doing so, we can't allow our faith to simply be a private matter. It must be made public. Jesus gave us a mission. It's found at the end of St. Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 28, 19-20 for those playing at home. Jesus instructs his apostles, "'Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.'" teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Friends, we can't make disciples if we keep faith a private matter. We can't teach people to observe all that Christ has commanded us if we're ashamed of these teachings and afraid to mention them in the public arena, such as the office, at school, or even in political discourse. For the minute that we privatize our faith, we cease to practice Christianity and instead adopt the religion of the world, the religion of darkness, error, and sin. But if we work to form a strong personal relationship with Christ, spending time with him by reading sacred scripture, by praying in adoration in the presence of the blessed sacrament, and yes, even by receiving his forgiveness in the sacrament of penance, we'll find that we're given the courage to stand with Christ. And not only will we be filled with courage, but we'll also be filled with joy. That is not to say now that we will never suffer. In fact, if you don't suffer for your faith, I'd argue that you're doing something wrong, for Christ himself said that if you want to be my disciple, you need to take up your cross and follow me. But if you do take up your cross. If you do take your faith seriously, and if you do work to form that strong and intimate relationship with Christ, one that permeates everything you do, even though you suffer, and perhaps you'll even experience multiple crosses, you'll be led to joy. Why? Because you're going to be connected with the apostles. You're going to be connected with Christ. You'll be connected to those men who suffered persecution, yes, but the same men who left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been found worthy to suffer for the sake of Christ's name. Brothers and sisters, peace to you and to all who suffer for the sake of Christ's name.